Welcome to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. So if this is your first time tuning in, I want to pause and take a moment just to welcome you into the Kelly family. And I want to let you know that we exist for you. So if you're an organizational leader uh, who may be wrestling uh, with, with what you want to do next in your season, where do you grow? You might want to ask a, a tough business question. Uh, we would love to address that in a topic. Or you want to talk to some of our faculty members, kind of see what's happening in the business world. Or you just know of an individual who would make an awesome guest for our show. We would love to hear from you. Send us an email to ROIPod. That's R-O-I-P-O-D at IEPUI.edu. Well, when we talk about leadership and we talk about ways that we as leaders can develop, maybe you're a person who's sitting uh, in their job right now who's got dreams or aspirations of being an entrepreneur. Maybe you have this desire, you want to be in a director role, you want to move into the C-suite. Heck, maybe you're just in entry-level management and you want to get started and move into middle management or wherever you fall on the leadership spectrum. I know we've always wrestled, man, when is it going to be my turn? When is that promotion going to open up? When is that position going to be available so then I can work on my leadership and develop as a leader? Well, we are going to address as a leader, how can you take advantage of the opportunities right in front of you, even though they may not be clear, even though there may not be a position open, and you don't have to leave your organization in order to develop your leadership skills. So I'm honored to be joined by the CEO of the Oliver Group, Jennifer Mackin, who works at a consulting firm and a leadership guru that works with senior teams to ensure businesses are ready for chaotic future. She's also the author of the book, Leaders Deserve Better, a leadership development revolution sold anywhere you can pick up books. Jennifer, welcome to the ROI podcast. Thank you, Matt. It's great to be a part of this. And any way to connect back with uh, IU is welcomed. And you have had such interesting topics. Um, so I'm, this is super valuable to everyone who's listening. Well, and I'm really excited about this topic because, you know, this is not one thing we've addressed. You know, we've talked about leadership. We've talked about how do you develop maybe in your own career? How do you develop personally as a leader? But we have not addressed the topic of, okay, well, how do I develop where I currently am? How do I begin to shift my focus as a leader to see the opportunities that may not be so clear? It may not be that position. You know, it may not be uh, that managing job is open yet, but how do we then become developed. So first, before we dive into that, I'd love to get a little bit more, uh, you know, about your leadership philosophy. You know, how do you approach uh, coaching? How do you uh, like to be coached? And, you know, what are some ways in which your business philosophy, your leadership philosophy, um, you know, comes into play when you work? It's all about trying to get the organization to the place that I need it to be. We want it to be with the people that we have. And, and that's a mix of connecting everybody into the strategic initiatives we have, but more importantly, reaching each individual where they are in their career and making sure that there's a lot of give and take, lots of sharing of information, lots of communication in order to help each individual to be the best they can be. So it's really about potential. And you know, I get so excited about improving potential of my team members or the organizations we work with. That's why we're all in it. 
you know, I think, or we should be maybe in it because we care about people and we care about our businesses, which then links to our communities, um, which businesses are such a big part of. You know, and so a million dollar question, I want to jump right into kind of how we frame this. And I appreciate, you know, that it comes to the people part of is leadership, you know, is, is addressing and working with people. Um, you know, and I really want to get into, you know, breaking kind of some of this topics down into three different categories, you know, talking about the idea before the position is open, you know, what do we do as leaders before, you know, we, we, uh, the position may even be open, that management position may be open, the director position uh, may become available, you know, maybe when that position is open, you know, how do we approach and, and, and get ourselves set up? And then after we get the position, how do we get ready for the next step? you know, in leadership. Um, you know, the big thing, the million dollar question I think is so many people, including myself, you know, I'm definitely been guilty of this as I've tried to develop as an organizational leader, as a, you know, getting into management roles and working with people is feeling like because my current, um, company does not have a leadership opening, I cannot then develop as a leader. And I think a lot of people fall into that trap where you, you think only when this position opens, then I can start working on taking that step into management. And then we miss out on so many cool opportunities that are around us. So talk yeah. about, you know, as you coach individuals and as you coach organizational leaders, you know, how do you coach um, those who may be stuck in that? Like, if if this opens, then I can start. Yeah, I think that um, there is a skill to figuring out how to progress, whatever that looks like for you. And and I think we get into a trap sometimes, Matt, where we think progression and success only equals leadership. So the first thing I would do with someone who is an individual contributor or professional is to say, let's talk about what interests you. Let's talk about where your strengths lie to help them be on a path that's going to lead to the greatest engagement, happiness which then leads to productivity for, for them and for the organization. So that's kind of the first step is thinking through what avenue, because sometimes it doesn't even matter what department you're in. If you can think more about what kind of job do you want to do? What do you love about what you're doing today or what you've done in the past? And how can you project that to other opportunities that are out there? So um, there are a couple of different ways you could go about different tracks. So thinking about what track you want before you think about what's next for you, I think is key. And the first track is a specialist track. And the specialist track is those professionals that, that become knowledge contributors and knowledge experts and eventually knowledge leaders. And so they're, they may not be directly leading people, but they're leading a good chunk of what the organization needs in order to be successful. So sometimes, um, often they are more critical in those roles than, than leadership. And then you've got the traditional leadership where you become a leader of other people, then you become a leader of leaders, then you can become a leader of a function or a unit or an area, um, and then eventually of an enterprise. And, and my belief is you, it's very difficult to jump, to jump from an individual contributor to an enterprise leader and being that entrepreneur. It's really hard. So if we can learn, and quickly maybe even progress up those 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 trans through those transitions, um, then we can be most successful because it builds the skills that you need to build on each other. So those are kind of the two 
career paths that I start with and just try and get a sense of what people are interested in. I want to get your your perspective, you know, because for individuals, maybe they don't have access to getting like a leadership coach or for people who um, don't even know that leadership coaching and executive coaching and things that are that exist, you know, where they are, um, you know, what what are some activities you recommend or you do with, you know, senior leaders as they're starting to develop their leadership and kind of having an eye of where you can jump in? How would you, um, you know, guide people to do self-engaged uh, leadership development tricks or tips? tips or, or practices right where they yeah. sit? So a couple of things come to mind. If we can document and in writing or uh, th- at least think through where am I today in my current role and what do I need to be successful, to be more successful even, or to show I'm ready for something next? And then what are those potential next areas and what might I need to know in order to to be ready for that or to be most successful there. So I call it, you know, a a development plan. And that's all it is. A development plan is thinking about yourself and your own needs of of what what are the skills, the abilities, um, where should your interests be in order to be um, in this next stage, whatever that looks like for you. Then you can think about how do you get that information? You know, do you sit one-on-one with a leader that you kind of know, but you don't really even know what they do, and you're just trying to engage with them and figure out how to how do I learn about what their day-to-day looks like? Because that's that's one of the things I find is that without a plan, people don't know what to do next. And so, what book do I read? What podcast do I listen to? You know, um, who do I go to for some guidance? You don't know until you um, lay out some path. It doesn't even have to be the right path. Because I don't know about you, but I mean, almost every executive I've talked to do not go on a straight line. They don't go exactly these paths I just rolled out for you, right? I was thinking about when I started out at Indiana University, I started out in music. Um, I got there and I looked around and I was like, how the hell did I get in here? You know, and uh, there were just people that were so talented. And I'm not one that likes to just jump into something that can't be the best at. So I ended up doing that for fun and jumping in business, which thank goodness I did. But I was I was able to say, nope, that's not that's not right. I made the wrong decision. That's okay. I've got plenty of time. I graduated on time, even with that shift. But um, that's what I mean about you know we kind of have to meander around a bit before we figure it out. I think that's a good point because you not only came in with a plan, but you had a very loosely held, uh, loosely held to that plan, which I think for a lot of people, myself included, I get so focused on the outcome of that plan that I miss opportunities along the way. You know, like right. you were saying, I mean, if you were to say, you know what? No, but even though I may not be the best, I have to be the best, but I got to stick with this specific plan because I created it. Uh, at the end of the day, you get to the end and you're just kind of, yeah, I didn't, what did I really do? Was what did, did, should I have taken that turn? You know, you kind of sit with a bunch of doubt. And I think that's a very important principle is having that loosely held plan, but enough to get you moving and always having that open mind. I mean, it definitely yeah. rings true. Yeah. I think one of the things that stand in people's way is that they don't know what they don't know. When you're starting out in your career, you, you've gotten a certain level of education. You've been exposed to whatever you've been exposed to. And exposure is a big word for me. I think that's critical for people to 
just see what's out there. You know, my first job was working for an airline that's that's no longer in business now, um, but they were a vacation airline. And I had the opportunity to do a rotational program, which I think they're coming back. Haven't seen a lot of them, but I came in and I went into marketing and I went into route planning for the planes. I went into finance. So I got a well-rounded understanding of what did it mean to be in the airline industry and then talk to me about what kind of leader do I want to be? What what kind of area am I interested in? Because I had a general business degree. You know, I kind of knew a little bit about what I was interested in. So I guess... The reason I'm giving that example is if you look around, even if you don't have that opportunity for a rotational program, and you look around, you say, what is happening in my company right now? That's super interesting to me. You know, look at some of the strategic initiatives and say, how could I help, even if it's not in my job description? Because everybody's so focused on their job description and killing it, which I think is great. That's a big part of it. But what about some other things that are tangential that you can help with, which then that's your learning right there. It doesn't have to be a leadership skill to be valuable. And what's awesome too, is that's one of the ways, because my next question is talking about like, how do you prepare? Because when that position does become available, you know, this is definitely one way to prepare is look, when you're going in for that interview with your leadership team, or you're going in with your HR team or the position within your company that is available and finally ready for you being able to come in and say, yeah, well, here's my job description. Here's how I did it. But here's what I'm also recommending because I went above and beyond in these areas, you know, definitely sets you up for success. And, you know, I want to also ask, you know, what are other ways, like as people prepare before that position's open, how do you begin to put yourself out there um, and market yourself within your own organization that you're hungry to grow, you're hungry to develop, and you want to be uh, p- promoted into leadership? Yeah, there's so much that we could talk about there. And I think, you know, starting with marketing yourself, One of the biggest things I don't see people doing is writing down, documenting, sharing back with your boss who you report to your accomplishments, small, medium, large accomplishment, keep, keep a list, you know, and, you know, you're going to need those for performance reviews if you have them. Um, And looking back a whole year is pretty difficult you'll forget about the things that you've accomplished because they could be just interpersonal things that you've done with your team members, not necessarily specific outcomes to your role. So marketing yourself begins with what do you want to market? What is your brand? Who do you want to be? You know, what do you want them to think of you? Dress that way, act that way, take on those responsibilities. And then you can get a couple mentors within the organization, outside the organization to market you. Um, and someone told me, you know, it, you really have to leverage your network. Some people don't want to, oh, I, I grew up in this, this area of town and I don't want to have to use that in order to get the next thing. Use everything possible because that's how you get the good stuff. Um, a lot of people graduating from college, I'm finding they don't have the skill set in how to do that. So shifting back to, okay, there's this great opening now um, at my organization. How do I put myself out there where I have a better chance of getting the role? That was your initial question, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, you hit on something I want to, I want to address a little more is the idea of networking because leadership does involve a lot of 
people is becomes really people focused instead of task focused as we'll address, you know, a little later on. Um, and I think, you know, there's, there's just kind of like this, Oh, I don't want to talk with, you know, the people back home or in, in these communities because I feel like I'm going to use them. Like they're going to see me just as using them for my personal gain. And ooh, I, that just doesn't yeah. settle right with me when in reality, People do want to cheer you on and people do want to see you succeed and people are more willing to help than I think we give credit for because there's that stigma that, oh, maybe I'm just using them for promotion. They're going to see it and they're not going to want to be friends with me and that, you know, I'm going to ruin this yeah. whole relationship. You know, yeah. talk about some of that fear that comes into, especially when you're working with networking and, and building that. So much fear that it, it can come across that way. You do have to be careful not to just be fake, um, which means you have to network and connect with people before you need them. <laughs> I always say give first with a relationship of any sort. Um, if I go to a networking event or if I'm coaching someone going to a networking event, think about the purpose of the networking event, who might be there you'd want to get to know and why. Think ahead of time to those events. Really share cards, you know, um, connect back with them in LinkedIn or, or other social media and just refer back to what you've talked about. You know, um, people aren't that hard to connect with and they like that you listen to them. It's, it seems pretty simple, but it's not always easy and most people don't do it. So I think, um, you know, it's everything from networking with your professors to your bosses, to your colleagues, to your friends, to people you went to school with, Make this the pool as wide as possible. And then when you need something, you can reach out to specific people that you think are would be helpful to you. If you're looking for a business development, a sales role, who else is in another sales role and you want to learn about their company and how are they growing? And, you know, it, it's asking those questions instead of just saying, can you help me find a job? Do that legwork for them put the language in there for them of what you need them to do for you and what you want them to say about you. So those are some, some initial things that come to mind. You know, and I want to kind of shift a little bit in, in when this position is open and really getting into that kind of the heart of, you know, how do you get yourself um, in, in direct line or, you know, in the view of your leadership team so you can move into leadership you know, as someone who works with senior leaders and as someone who works with executives and being an executive yourself, what do you look for or what do other leaders within organizations look for when they want to hire other leaders within their own organization? Well, I think it's easier to start with what are they not looking for that tends to come out from people when they first start talking. Um, they are not necessarily looking for your functional or area expertise. Okay, so you're coming in as a director of customer service. They don't need to know exactly how you were a customer service agent and how good you were in that, right? And that's where people tend to go because that's where they were successful. That's why they're at the table having the discussion. I say, leave that out. Think about the future role. I've done some research ahead of time of what does it look like? Where am I going to be spending my time? What work should I value now that I'm looking at moving up? What do I have to get rid of? And what skills do I need to have or do I already have? And I say when somebody's really open about here's what I'm 
really strong in. Here's what I'm working toward and continuing to improve upon and showing that vulnerability. I look for that every single time because if someone can't say that they are working towards something, you know, we all are. So I think that's what leaders look for um, who are looking to, to hire. And then I would say general leadership, giving examples of where you've been able to help somebody go from one place to another with the organization or even outside the organization. Where, how do you spend time with, with people so that um, they are ready for the next thing? Because if you think about it, we're one person in a leadership role. Let's say we've got 10 direct reports, right? And so if we wanna improve productivity, we could work 20% more, right? And that would help. But what if we helped everyone work 10% more or not even more, but more effectively, more efficiently um, with more fun, you know? If we could do all of that, um, they would hire you every time. It doesn't really matter what the area of the business is. And I think that's what people don't understand is that's what goes across the board of, of any leadership role is, is that mindset of I am there to prepare other people. That's my first job. My second job might be uh, making sure that we have the right customer service quality metrics in place, right? Yeah, and I, and I think that leads into, you know, I want to transition into, you know, kind of, when you do get that, let's say you you do become hired, you you put everything correctly, and you do receive that promotion that you've been so seeking after, or maybe you know for listeners who maybe just sim- just got into their new role, you know I think another another downfall is that that mindset of well I did this one task so good, therefore that is what got me promoted, when in reality. Oh. There, you're. You have to ch- make a mental shift in how you, you know, in how you address your next step in leadership. Um, you know, so so talk about some of that shift. You know, because obviously the, one of the biggest things is is delegating. I mean, taking taking yeah. the work you used to do and now having to let it go. Talk about that struggle that a lot of leaders have and the importance of making some of those mindset shifts as you jump into your new leadership role. That's the the most difficult shift and transition is to go from a professional individual contributor to leading other people. That's the hardest one. Once you've got that. So let's talk about that one in particular, because it's the hardest one. And if you haven't made that shift and you're leading other leaders or you're moving already moved up and you haven't done these things I'm going to talk about, go back to the basics because every leader needs this. So when you, you talk about exactly delegating it's really connecting in the people. I always talk about it like a puzzle. You've got all this work that needs to happen and all these people who can do lots of different things, but figuring that out with them of who should do what piece is really hard. And then it's usually not you. <laughs> you should be the last one. If you're doing a lot of the work, then, then you haven't transitioned properly because you haven't taught others how to do it, or you don't believe they're going to do it as well as you, which is part of the real, you know, deep down problem of of letting it go. Um, So I think it is a, it is truly a logical exercise because the emotional aspect is, I don't want to give up what I'm really good at. Right. And 
But the logical side has to be, okay, I success equals something different now. It's not that the numbers are correct in the accounting department every time and the reports are out at, on the right time. It is that my team members know how to do this work. They're taking on more complex work. They're accurate every time, you know, or most of the time. And they love being here. They love working with this organization. So it's really about a time allotment. This is where I think that that's where the other piece is really challenging for people is they don't know how to free up time to do this. They say, oh yeah, I know I have to coach my team, which should be every day, every day with your direct reports. Um, I know that I should be looking for that next hire all the time. Um, because you never know, especially now in, in this condition we're in now with a lot of turnover. So those are things they know intellectually, but executing on that is, is difficult. And so it's, it is, I, I always say, you know, I'm, I'm a bit old school of um, documenting what success looks like for, for you. I have it and I look at it every week. So um, one of, one of it is the people aspect of my business, right. And, and the, the strategic direction. And then I look at that every week and say, what am I going to do in this area that's going to lead to this um, outcome that I'm looking for? So document it and make sure that there's a huge people component and put a percentage of your time that you want to spend there. Connect with your boss, make sure they're aligned with that. That's the other hard part is sometimes they're asking you to do all the work, all the individual contributor work, because you're good at it. So then you're leading on the side and you just kind of are doing two jobs, which isn't going to work. And then you, you know, you, you feel as a leader too that, well, I did it this way. There's, I mean, like no one's going to be able to do it as well as I did it, or I worked so hard to get this task a certain way that I can't even begin to try to think about how someone could do it differently. But you do have to train the next person. You do have to let it go yeah. so you can free up more time. And talk about why that's so important. You know, why like you need to let go even more so of, of that fear that, well, they're not going to do it as good or they're going to come in and ruin everything. So I might as well just do it myself because it's just way easier for me to, you know, just do it myself and be a leader yeah than it is for me to take the time to train someone to do it the way that is quote unquote right through, through my lens. Yeah. Sometimes um, people don't see it until they, they don't succeed and their department isn't succeeding because they can't do it all. Sometimes it's because they're at the office working 60 plus hours a week and they are losing their family. You know, those things are real. Wellness is real. And so sometimes you can see that you're out of whack and it's not working when those types of things happen. But why do we need to do it? Because the organization, you know, we always hear if it's not growing, it's going backward. And so we're always having to look at the next group of people that are coming in. And if they don't know how to continue to build their expertise, then the business isn't going to reach their objectives. And so um, if you think about the leadership competencies instead, being a good coach, hiring the right people, that's what success is to you now. Then it makes it easier to delegate the other stuff that's not, that isn't in that whole category of success. Um, and then, you know, I had someone, I, I mean, I had that trouble too in my career and I promoted someone and I just, I was 
worried. They weren't going to make the right decisions. And my husband actually said to me, he said, you know, what if they are 75% as successful as you were in that role? Would that be sufficient? And I said, yeah, actually, that would be okay. And you then get to learn new things, do new things, right? Experience stuff that you didn't before. And that was so wise, so wise. So it it freed me up to say mistakes are going to happen. It's not going to be as the same as me, if not sometimes not as good as me. Um, And some cases, if you have that ego that I I have a little bit of. So anyway, that's, that's what I would say about about trying to transfer information to people. You brought up a really interesting thing when before when we had our initial phone call before this podcast, um, before we set up this interview. You know, you were talking about that a lot of leaders, and I think you hit a nail on the head on this one. Become like like we alluded to, so task focused because they did a yeah. task so well. That's what got them promoted. And then we find out that a lot, I mean, we've probably had managers who were so task focused that when it came to becoming people focused, because now I have to deal with, you know, like leading my team and leading people, you neglect the people on your team because you just get stuck in the mindset of, because I did this so well, I need to keep doing this so well, and we'll just figure everything out. You talk about, uh, you know, how do you get people to get leaders to become more people focused instead of being so task focused? First thing I do is I really get underneath why they get, do they get joy from doing those tasks? Do they want to be that subject matter expert that people come to, you know, because not everybody should be a leader. So if you're not able to do it and you love doing the work and now you're a leader and you're like that, this people stuff just seems extra and, and a pain for me. Um, maybe that's not the right move for you, but it also could be, you might not have the skill set to do it. Um, Matt, I learned that I think the number still is about seven years. People are in a leadership role before they get any training on being a leader. Where else in, in any of our business would we do that? Allow that to happen where people are in their roles and don't know what they're supposed to do. So if businesses spent more time developing, so this is what I would say to the individual, learn what it means to be a leader and what that success looks like, and then teach yourself how to do it. Because sometimes it's just a matter of it's hard. You know, coaching was really hard for me. I, I was more directed. You know, this is how we do it. I want to show you how to do it as opposed to, well, what do you think? And you know, what do you need to be able to solve that problem and who else should you involve and coaching questions. Those, it's not natural to those who've been in the work doing the work. So there is a skill. So if you can at least get your mind around, okay, I, I should spend this time because that's my job. Then it's the, how do I do it? And really talking with your HR department, if you can't talk to the person you report to, or other mentors and finding out how do I learn how to do this stuff? Because it's not, if if that's true, seven years is true, even two years would be true. You got to figure it out on your own. So then look to some leaders that are also doing it well from your perspective and learn from them. 
You know, finally, as we begin to wrap up the episode, let's let's kind of jump forward. You know, let's say, all right, you got the leadership position within your organization. You, you've developed yourself even before the position was open and you're getting yourself groomed so that when the position opens, you're a great contender for it. And then you get groomed in this position. Then what? You know, how then do we not stop learning as leaders? You know, how do we then reset? And then what should our next focus be? or our focus look like as we continue to grow in new leadership roles. Because every time people move up in leadership, the role changes, the responsibilities change, how your day-to-day changes, the people you interact with and, and the outcomes you need, it all changes. So how can individuals then continue to say, all right, I'm not content or I'm, I'm, even though I got this promotion, I need to keep moving on. So how do they make that mindset shift and what do they focus on yeah. as they keep growing? Well, once you're in a new role, you've got to kill it in that role before you look to the next thing. And and killing it is subjective sometimes. So try and make that as objective as possible and get others' input that matter that are going to help you with that next level and ask them if, if you do these things, would that set you up for this next stage with the organization that you really love and want to be a part of, or maybe don't, and you think, okay, that'll springboard me into another organization. But it's it's really about being curious, intellectually curious. I think those uh, people who are, I found to be more successful in continuing the progression, because I'm interested to hear from you, Matt, and your experience. I'm I'm interested to talk to business owners and figure out how they did what they did. Continue to ask questions. Don't assume you know everything um, or even an area. Just keep exploring. Keep exploring within your organization as well as outside of it. Take on leadership roles on boards as soon as you can, things like that to get different experiences of what leadership looks like um, because you'll bring all of that back to your work and you'll really stand out if you do some of those things that most people aren't, aren't going to be doing because they're so heads down in the current day today stuff. Again, Jennifer Mackin, CEO of the Oliver Group, a consulting firm and leadership guru that works with senior teams to ensure businesses are ready for a chaotic future. She's also the author of the book, Leaders Deserve Better, a leadership development revolution. And you can find her, her book, and everything else you want to know about Jennifer at her website, jennifermackin.com. Jennifer, it's been such an honor chatting with you. I've been so excited and looking forward to this conversation. Thank you. We're so honored to have you. And thank you for sharing your wisdom here on the ROI podcast. I enjoyed it, Matt. I appreciate you uh, allowing me the opportunity to be with you today. This has been another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. We'll see you next week.